Um, for our main topic, which we're recording a few days later, so you may notice that someone is not very well. <laughs> I've suddenly, in the last 48 hours, just uh, yeah, developed this extremely heavy cold. So I was like, shit, April, my voice sounds entirely different for this final section of the same episode. So that's why suddenly Stephanie sounds like a completely different person. Um, it's all bunged up. You just sound like Phoebe Buffay in the episode of Friends, where she sings Smelly uh, Cat. Smelly Cat. Well, not Smelly Cat, the one where she starts singing really like sexy music. Oh yeah, she's, she's got, got like a husky voice. voice. This is my sexy shipping forecast voice. So there you go. <laughs> so for our main topic, um, what we thought we would discuss was sex education on Netflix. Yes. So it's a British comedy drama which premiered on Netflix at the start of January. I think it was around the 11th. Um, it stars Asa Butterfield as Otis Milburn, an awkward teen who struggles with his mother's career as a well-known sex therapist and her interference in his personal and sexual life. Um, his mum, Dr. Jean Milburn, is played by Gillian Anderson. Ta-da! And the rest of the supporting cast includes Nakuti Gatwa as Eric, Otis's best friend who is gay and comes from a religious African household, Emma McKay as Maeve Wiley, a social outcast and bad girl who coerces Otis into running sex therapy sessions at school for his peers and a whole bunch of others. Creator and show writer Laurie Nunn has worked previously on a number of short films, but this is her first full uh, series of television. I think she's a playwright as yeah, well. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Um, and also show directors Ben Taylor and Kate Heron have worked on a variety of other shows, including Catastrophe. Interestingly, actually, it was announced, I think it was yesterday, yeah. um, that the show's been renewed for a second season after this initial eight-episode run. Well, apparently um, the the first season has been viewed 40 million, by 40 million people already in the first... I'm always well, really, less than less than four weeks. I'm always really sceptical of mad. Netflix and their figures. Oh, we know they do lie quite a lot. But even at the same time, that's sort of a quite... I'm not really surprised because it's sort of... I mean, I've heard... It's funny, there's been a lot of chat around it. There hasn't been as much online kind of think pieces. No, really, I'm surprised. But, like, in our circles, mm. there have there's certainly been a lot of chat around it. Yeah, definitely. So I'm unsure as to whether the, when Netflix will drop that next run of it. It could be sooner than we think, I suppose, because you know what Netflix is like. I don't know whether they... They've actually, I, I assume they haven't actually filmed anything yeah, in season two. Yeah, I or, wondered this. I wondered if it was like a Sabrina scenario where they were already like filming Like surprise, stuff. we've actually already done two more seasons. Yeah, because it is only eight episodes, isn't yeah. it? So that is conceivable. So we thought we'd just talk about it really because it was something that kind of we were looking forward to when we'd seen the initial trailer and we also thought there was lots of interesting things to sort of discuss a little bit more widely about how it represents young people, discussions around sex, queer relationships and things like that. So just off the bat, um, what were your overall feelings on the show? Because we have now both finished it, Yes, we've both sort of binged it. Uh, It only came out, yeah, a couple of weeks ago. So we both got through those eight episodes really quickly. My impression was... But the trailer when it dropped, I wasn't, and I hadn't known really anything about this until the trailer dropped, and then I was very excited in a very sort of short period of time because I think the, it actually came out about a week after the trailer dropped. Yeah, definitely. It? I remember you sent it to me, and we're like, "This is a I'm thing like, that's Holy happening. Shit, this looks good." And the first episode, so we watched the first couple of episodes together actually, and the first episode, I was slightly un- unsure just because some of the early bits of script writing in the first episode, like the first half, didn't seem like that funny. And yeah. I was a bit worried that it was going to be very dependent on those American high school cliches. Mm-hmm. You know, the gay best friend, Eric, the bully, Adam, the bad girl, Maeve, that sort of thing. But, you know, later, a lot of these cliches were subverted in some very clever ways, which yeah. I, yeah, I really, really enjoyed. And I think it accomplishes a lot more than some of the other shows that have come out in recent years notably the end of the fucking world that like a lot of people we know raved about and i thought it was fine Mm -hmm. but i thought this like accomplishes a lot more yeah i like the fact that it began very centered on this idea of Maeve and Otis setting up the sex therapy kind of clinic at school but I did wonder how long is you know is it going to be eight episodes of just like mini storylines of kids having sex problems yeah um but it actually spirals out into lots of different kind of coming of age stories so it's not just completely sex orientated which I 
yeah, I really, really liked as well. What did you think? I really liked it and I'm really intrigued to see where it goes beyond a first season. I was pleased it was only eight episodes. I it was nice and concise, actually. I think if it had gone on longer, it might have dragged on a bit. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot there to develop from a character point of view for sort of a variety of different people, which I'm sure we'll come on to. I mean, to be honest, I was surprised that I finished it, um, which is because it's incredibly rare for me to actually... Like binge something. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. we watched the first three episodes together yeah. in an evening. And then I've watched it over the last sort of week and a bit, I yeah. suppose. Yeah. I mean, I finished it um, middle of last week. And I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And I think, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I I think a lot of why I enjoyed it because was because I enjoyed the Britishness of yes. it. Yes. There's despite, a lot to be said for that. And I think that despite the fact that the aesthetics of it are very Americanized, mm. which I'm sure we will kind of um, expand on. Yeah. I think that because it was, they were like British kids. Yeah. And it was, it felt a little bit more relatable in that sense to a point. Definitely. I think it contrasted for me to things like Riverdale and Sabrina, which yeah. are quite different, but yeah. they're in terms of being like things that are set in a high school. They're the very Americanized. Versions. And on the Netflix as well, they're the next logical things to I guess um, draw comparisons to. So yeah, I was really, I was really impressed actually. I mean, I thought that it's definitely like a product of kind of the more sex positive and open era that we yeah, seem to yeah. be, which I quite like actually because I can't imagine. I mean, I remember when Skins came yeah. out, two thousand and eight. Yeah, I think, yeah. and I was at university. That's my first year of uni and I remember that coming out and at the time it was like this oh my god I can't believe there's a show that's about mm, young people mm. that actually feels like a young person's experience and they're talking about things yes. in a way that like you know people talk about yeah so um it's interesting to sort of see sex education as a little bit of a progression like having built on, on the legacy feels a bit of more skins. natural doesn't it yeah, yeah it's very I think they're very lucky to achieve something with this show that doesn't seem because it is a comedy show in lots mm-hmm. of ways but it doesn't seem cringy or embarrassing like i think they do take a quite a serious approach to the like some of the issues that are arising in the show yeah, it's definitely. a very tight script you can tell it's got a lot of heart and it's sort of yeah it is steering towards these serious subjects and it's not just trying to make sort of fun of them yeah um, which i think makes a really lasting impression absolutely the thing i thought about a lot actually when i was watching it is i did wonder whether this type of show would have been as effective or even have been made if it was american yeah i mean that was one thing actually that i wanted to talk about sort of when we look at the kind of overall treatment of sort of sex and relationships is that um i think this really works for us because of its britishness it is a bit of a weird it's a weird combination aesthetically especially of american yeah so i wondered if you wanted to sort of talk yeah like the american and the britishness is obviously something that a lot of people picked up on straight away like what is this weird blend it's like filmed in wales set in britain but there, it's a very much a high school of for those who are American, like the high school dynamic with the locker rooms and the like the American football. Like we don't have that isn't a typical. That's not like a sixth form here. No, that's not what we have. And that was quite funny actually. What that was one of the things that I had read in advance of us watching those first three episodes was that everyone was sort of talking about the aesthetics of it and how it was sort of like clearly rooted in the UK because everyone's sort of british mm. but also from an aesthetic point of view it's very americanized so the things i picked up on that were kind of a bit odd was the fact that there's sort of a very active swim team yes the yeah. like varsity jackets they have an assembly yeah, every day which that. we definitely didn't have no. when i was at sixth form and that was the other thing as well was it was it supposed to be a sixth form because it's sort of not really addressed and for for anyone that's not from the uk sixth form or a college for us is sort of when you finish your high school education yeah. there's two years at the the end before 16 to 18 16 to 18 before you go so you finish high school at 16 and then you go to a sixth form college or a further education college and you do your a levels or whatever qualifications before you perhaps might progress on to university yeah and i assume it is meant to be like an fe yeah i assume because they kind of fit that age profile they talk about going to university like one of the things is you know mave talk is sort of thinking about applying to university Mm. at some point in the near future so and they are meant to be like 16 17 aren't they so Um, it's, yeah it's interesting and I kind of I guess there are a few reasons why this blend might have happening and happened I mean I think Laurie Nunn's spoken about the fact that she really enjoys like a lot of like American like films she mentioned John Hughes at John one Hughes point. a lot and kind of yeah like the breakfast club things like that there's a lot of deliberate kind of throwbacks to that I guess also there might be quite a just in terms of getting it produced 
and getting a good reception for it on Netflix that, you know, without sounding kind of, I, I don't want to sound negative about American audiences, but I think it's sort of fairly acknowledged that actually if you create something that's very, very alien to a, a American audiences, mm-hmm. they sometimes, if they can't identify it with it as strongly, like it kind of puts them off. Um, whereas I think we're quite used to in Britain having like Americanized stuff anyway. So we kind of are more willing to suspend our disbelief that actually like this isn't really what our high school is like, but it doesn't really matter because we're used to seeing all those cliches. Yeah, I think a lot about the things that I really enjoyed when I was a teenager and I watched growing up and, and so many of them were American. And it's like, I don't know, I don't know if this is the same for you, but there was definitely a desirable thing about the idea of like going to an American high yes. school. And like all of my favourite... And the, yeah. All of my favourite movies from that kind of period of probably like 12 to 15 are American teen-based yeah. um, high school movies. So like 10 Things I Hate About You, Clueless, yes, She's absolutely. All That, like all of that era of things. And I think you're just, we're so used to getting media and mm. pop culture that is, is Americanized, yeah. that is popularised, that we end up absorbing and kind of just obsessing over. Yeah. And I think the other way around, it's perhaps a little bit more niche it's not yeah. as more and you know as wide American audiences might be just a bit like this is something I'm not familiar with at all what is this strange so I think it broadens the the international appeal and success yeah. of this show is that if we start blending like the idea of British and American schools like everyone will enjoy it and identify with it in yeah. some way so in a way I think it might be just partly a clever way to it's make pandering sure that, a little yeah bit. to make sure the show is successful like across seas yeah I mean I think it's funny because I think, feel like I know a lot more about the way that like the American school system works from oh, like God, a British yeah. point of view than like We're an American so used would to seeing ever know it. Yeah. about the On UK TV, system. Which, like in yeah. all of our culture like our actual school system is so different but at the same time we're so used to seeing like american high school yeah. on tv and in films and stuff that it still feels like quite natural for us yeah completely um skins is also i just think about it skins was set in a in a college yes was FE yeah. college as well so. and i i assume that didn't have quite the same success overseas as it did i think it was did pop- they do an american they did skins? an american version yeah. but i think it had like two episodes or something oh, okay. and then was cancelled because huh. i don't think it i don't think it transferred as well to be honest another thing i just wanted to shout out to in terms of the just how that i think after the first episode the t- the script itself gets like a lot tighter and a lot funnier and just like this sh- you can tell this show is good because it gives birth to things like there's a twitter profile called no context sex education which is similar to like no context ladybird like the the script is so good that it's like instantly memeable and there are all these bits of um people's dialogue that you can just capture and put on twitter without any context and it's still hilarious which is just kind of testament to how good it is um and i also just want to call out the soundtrack which has a very lovely you know the cure the violent femmes billy idol the smiths talking heads turbo bikini kill it's just it's really 80s 90s i mean that's really pandering to us i feel 100 personally um so having moved on a little bit from kind of what it looks like and the general vibe of it i think it would be probably useful to talk about the standout performances and the cast is really good i think and obviously um there is a little bit of a gillian anderson bias for you oh my god yeah um but are there anyone else in particular is there anyone else in particular that you kind of think watching it you sort of actually thought like they're the standout performer in this show i think i mean there's there's some real a lot of these so a lot of the, the actors involved in this show, this is like their first big role. They're all for quite a lot young. Of them. They're quite young. Yeah, past, they are aren't quite they? young. And it's nice that they are I mean, they're obviously a little bit older than the people they're playing, but they're fairly close to age. You're not getting like thirty five year olds playing fifteen yeah. year olds, which yeah. is nice. Um and I like generally I like the fact that each character appears as quite the stereotype at the beginning but turns into someone that isn't quite the you know the stereotype that they initially seemed and I think they managed to develop all the characters really well for everyone seemed quite well rounded yeah especially for some characters that aren't really around you know that much and there isn't just a you know straight goody or baddie like each character there are moments where they they can be quite frustrating or quite sympathetic. For me, I think obviously Eric stands out. Nakuta like, Gatwar is just amazing. He he's feels phenomenal. so real. He tries the way that he tries to appear unaffected by the world around him and their reaction to him. He's so courageous. Yeah, he's so funny. 
and you know as as the show progresses you know he isn't positioned just as like the black gay best friend it's not you know his storyline isn't just about his sexuality and appearance there's a lot you know when they introduce as you say like elements of religion yeah. and his you know family relationships he's just such an amazing he's character brilliant. and amazing actor I could watch him for hours like he's just so like right off the bat as well yeah. from that first episode I was so on board with him yeah. I was like god I'm gonna really enjoy watching you over the next ep- eight episodes he was the standout wasn't he yeah. and I'm glad he got his own story arcs yeah and he wasn't just second to Otis all the time and I loved especially his I loved his friendship with Otis um this idea of it being a love story between two friends and as we discussed really briefly when you were texting me the other day when you were watching episode seven like the prom scene when they dance together is just like definitely haven't seen that on tv before and it's it is such a lovely friendship which of course has really some really frustrating elements as well but the way that the show approaches that friendship as in they are very naturally like affectionate towards each other yeah i mean that's the thing i thought was really interesting and and lovely about their friendship is that it's just presented as that like they're two boys they're best friends mm-hmm. they care neither a lot of about them harbors other. like uh, feelings for the no, other and i think it would have been really lazy for them to to write that in i just think that what the thing i've written is that it's just normal it's just really well written that yeah. otis understands eric and his personality and doesn't think anything of it because they're friends and similarly like eric understands otis and his yeah. nuances like takes the piss out of him in a little bit like you would your best friend but, but he's he, completely but accepting well, it like that. he like you know you could tell there's a real love between them yeah. and i think that they're you know they're encouraging they have really frank discussions and it's just the way it is and it should be and it's not presented as like a dynamic of like otis is the straight guy and then eric's his like gay best friend it's just not presented like that it's just that these are two boys that have clearly been friends for a very long time have got history yeah you know otis eric sorry will go to otis's house and gets on with gene and it's just like he's part almost like part of the family because you know they've been friends so very accepting it was just lovely to watch it is yeah i mean gene played by jaylen anderson i can't not bring up the fact that she's just she's so good in this fucking good and her relationship with Otis her son is really refreshing because she is a two-dimensional character she's not just like the parent in the background who plays the you know either the strict disciplinarian or like the weird kind of hippie sex therapist like there is an actual relationship there and the tension that they have is very well sort of rounded and you understand it like the you know they have a very close relationship but there are some you know some really big issues between them I just fucking love Julianne Anderson obviously I cannot believe how attractive she is in this show she's it a is fox unreal. a stone cold fox so she's like 500% hotter than and cooler than any other person in that show she's just her outfits the her wardrobe hair, oh my god I just want to own all of her kimonos she like swans around the house and like just like silk dresses she all confuses times. me so much She's just a, because she's a delight. Just, I don't know whether I want to like be best friends with her or be her or be married to her. I just <laughs> don't know. I, like there were elements in that show where like moments, uh, there's just parts of it where I could just feel myself going giddy. I was like, I can't, I can barely take it. She's just so good. The I thing I thought that was really great about her though is that she's like a very big name. But when I was watching the show, most of the time I just forgot that like, oh, that's Gillian Anderson because she yeah. just inhabits this role so well yeah. and is so convincing in as Jean that half the time I had to be like that's Gillian Anderson from X-Files like I feel like that's legitimately how she'd be if she like yeah absolutely that's what I thought that is what she would be like I mean sex therapist aside yeah but just so good I quite liked Jackson as the head boy and the kind of jock yeah just the way that he's set up at the beginning to be like Mr. Perfect and you know an incredibly hard worker hard performing obviously very handsome blah 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 he's actually incredibly incredibly sweet he struggles with the expectations from his parents a lot and I just kind of I felt very like sympathetic towards him in lots of ways he was also a little bitch sometimes as all of them are I quite liked though as the show progressed because in the in the beginning when you see that like him and Maeve are kind of having this secret dalliance and and, you know he's positioned as like you say the stereotypical jock and she's like the bad girl and I worried a little bit that he would start to grate on me but I did like how they developed his character over time and you see that he has got these pressures and actually like it's 
almost this kind of facade of, of him having been pushed into a corner a little bit yeah. of like being successful when really he just kind of almost wants to just like hang out with be the girl that he likes yeah. and just be a kid be and a kid, dick yeah. about for a bit and maybe still go and do all his sort of sports-based stuff but also but like just be a teenager. Yeah, and at the beginning, you know, when they start, as you said, as they start sort of having this secret liaison to begin with, I was like, oh, this whole, you know, the show is going to position it so we spend the whole time hoping that she breaks it off with Jackson and gets with Otis and actually for me like I I didn't actually want that like going I was like actually Jackson's a really nice guy like yeah. you know for all his flaws and they're all flawed like it, w- it wouldn't be bad to stay with him he's a really sweet kid which I wasn't expecting other person I just wanted to shout out to was Jacob He's so good. I meant to text you about him, actually, but I thought, no, I'll save it for the podcast. Please give me your thoughts on Jakob. I just fancy him a lot. Oh, my God, I'm so glad. Oh, my God, I fancy him. Swedish as fuck. A lot. So hot. It's a lot, isn't it? If I were Jill, that scene, like, post shenanigans when they're both in bed I was like I just don't know who I want to sleep with more um, ah. I when I watched that I think I texted you and I was like did this scene ruin your life it because even I feel me. very flustered by yeah. this I was like I feel he's yeah. very handsome and sweet. really hot it's when he was talking Swedish when he would shout at yeah. Ola yeah when he's Ola. shouting angrily just I'd lose my small mind if a man like that came around my house to fix my tap right oh my god I mean that's really bad I should have more to say about his character good character I'm really I'm, to be fair I'm very interested to see in a second season how they do develop him because towards the end of the eight episodes of the initial first run you do learn that actually he's got like a bit of a complicated backstory he's got single parent backstory yeah and his wife has passed away and you can tell actually like he he probably has this facade as like you know gruff handyman but actually and Jean herself had made loads of assumptions about him and was like I can decode you as a therapist and this is what your life is like and it was completely different to what you'd expect which was nice were there, were there any other characters that you really loved? I just want to talk about Asa Butterfield. Okay, yes. Firstly, best name ever. I love the name Asa. Asa Butterfield. Asa is one of my favourite names. That's a lovely name. Isn't it? And together, Asa Butterfield Asa is Butterfield. just so nice. Rolls off the tongue and um, Tell me about Asa Butterfield. I just think he's adorable. He he's really adorable. so sweet. I think he's really good at Otis. And I think that he's very believable as an awkward 16-year-old boy Absolutely. who, you know, quite happy with who he is but also has obviously got some issues that he's sort of dealing with and he doesn't really know he's not as like confident as yeah. Eric for example yeah. but he seemed happy with that but he also kind of you know is interested in girls yeah. and, and I just think I just Asa Butterford has the nicest eyes in the entire they're world they're very blue aren't they they're so blue so blue he's very, so he's very very awkward gangly sweet he yeah. is very good and, very sweet. and it's in, I mean we can go on to talk about this some more but it is really interesting that his main problem in the sex therapy world is the fact that like he can't masturbate and he can't get into that and haven't seen that on the show before which is really interesting one thing I wanted to point out is Maeve who I did like but I found quite frustrating at times as well Um, my worry about Maeve as a character that is that we've talked about the way that a lot of the other people within sex education are kind of positioned as these sort of stereotypes that we know from similar kind of high school narratives and I still think that she's the most stereotypical at the end of the eight episodes she's still the one that to me is just like generic bad girl bad girl with a lot of issues yeah she's got a lot of issues but she's actually really intelligent yeah but like can't open up to people and i and at the end of the at the finale that was the thing i was just a bit like oh i hope that they do expand on her a little bit more because to me she does feel very much like pulled from yeah I don't know, a high school teen. She could be like a stereotype in the yeah. breakfast club or whatever, like misunderstood bad girl who has, you know, actually a really rough upbringing, but yeah. is really clever and like has loads of potential. No, I agree with that. She was, I think I found her frustrating, not because she stepped, you know, did things wrong because I think each of the characters you know have right and wrong in their story and she does some things that are quite mean or quite inconsiderate Mm -hmm. and that didn't frustrate me it was like the stereotype that was frustrating me a bit so similar to you I'd be interested to see how her character develops um it's I mean generally it's quite a very nice naturally diverse cast yeah um which is lovely sort of in lots of different ways it's very diverse 
and it didn't feel like it was pushing to be diverse in a very sort of show-offy way. No, I think that's what I found quite interesting, actually, was the way that it's sort of... It's a very diverse cast, especially in comparison to other kind of teen-based high school shows, I suppose. But it's just presented in a way that it's, like, not even acknowledged in, like, an, an aggressive manner. It's just like, oh, like, two of the male leads, for example, happen to be black. And, like, yeah. Jackson's parents, for example, are two women. And it's just presented in a way that it's kind of like, oh, yeah, that's just a thing. Yeah. Um, so it's it's sort of interesting. I mean, I, know, I, I think there's always more that you could do on that. But at the same time, perhaps it's something they'll develop in the second season. But it was just interesting to sort of see kind of a very diverse cast in comparison to things like, I don't know, Riverdale or something Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. There was, annoyingly, I've just been trying to find the link to the article and I can't find it. There's a There was an article, I, can't, I think it was on Bustle, called Netflix's Sex Education Missed the Mark by Not Including Black Girls. And I can't remember who it was by. It's worth us linking to just in terms of flagging up an area that maybe they have sort of missed the mark on. Well, that was the one thing I um, thought actually it would have been really nice to see. This writer who, I'm really sorry, I've completely forgotten. I linked to the article, but it's actually the wrong article. Brilliant. So I will find her name. Uh, she has written this article about as a, how as a black girl and as a young black girl, talking about sex is a taboo subject. We're often shamed, ridiculed and labelled if we do. Black women are often hypersexualized. We are told to cover up as soon as we grow boobs and bums so as to not warrant attention from men. When black women reclaim their sexuality, people are often uncomfortable with it. And she goes on to talk about how actually as a young black woman, it would have meant the entire world to her to see more characters that are like her in this show in particular. So, and she she's, she's very, she praises the show a lot and says it's amazing that we have all of these very diverse characters, but that, that was the one sort of glaring yeah. hole for her. And I think that's worth sort of flagging yeah, up. I think so too. And I think that, you know, obviously sex education as a whole has probably done wonders for a lot of people in terms of being able to see themselves on screen but I do think that for me actually when I was thinking about things that I thought it did kind of miss the beat on I think that was something in particular I was like oh it would have been nice to see even more diversity in a kind of broader way yeah and I guess actually on that subject and I'm not trying to tick you know it's not a tick box exercise you don't have to intentionally cram a lot of people in but again it does actually flag that disabled characters that you never yeah. get you never ever get disabled characters in shows and even in a show like this there's not like a you know very disabled no, and I think it's... character so again you know people with disabilities who are looking for themselves to be represented in this show are probably going to be let down again I think it's about representing the world around us as it yeah. is and it's yeah. sort of like I think that there's you know shows so often miss out little things that would mean like the world to an entire demographic yes. of, of people and if Absolutely. you think about people you encounter on a daily basis oh my word so like, I mean, and then yeah. you think about the way that kind of you know groups of people are, are represented on on TV. There's such a disparity. Yeah, often. and we're getting we're getting better and like the show shows show shows that we're getting better at looking at sexuality as a spectrum and uh, ethnicity as a spectrum. We don't really look at disability as a spectrum, no. which is quite interesting not to say as i said that it had it's a tick box exercise and you have to cram it all in but it does sort of just demonstrate again that there are areas that we're not i think it's we're important not representing properly yet um so are there any particular episodes um from the kind of initial eight run that you thought were the standout ones for you i've highlighted four which i imagine might be very similar to mm. you so uh, i said episode three which yep. is when <laughs> Otis takes Maeve to her abortion appointment thinking it's a date and he sort of encounters this pro-life couple outside. Um, I know that episode has been praised by a lot of medical professionals for showing um, a very accurate portrayal of the abortion process Mm -hmm. um, in the abortion clinic, which is really interesting. And actually, the process that she went through being sort of anaesthetised, I know that that doesn't... I mean, you don't always get an anaesthetic when you're... A general anaesthetic Mm -hmm. when you're undergoing an abortion. But that's something that I hadn't even considered. Mm. So it was really interesting for me to see the reality of what, you know, what that situation can be like. Episode five, which is Eric's birthday and Otis stands Eric up and Eric goes to see Hedwig and the Angry Inch alone um, and he's attacked, which is part of one of the real sort of... I guess that's half... Yeah, episode five. So uh, over halfway through the season, but that's really where some of the storyline really kind of picks up. 
point, doesn't isn't it? It's a really, it's a really impactful episode, and I was crying watching it. And yeah, it's it, it was a lot. <laughs> the thing I thought about that episode, apart from the fact that it's a real turning point for Eric and the way that his character sort of then progresses mm. through the final half of the season, was that I like the fact that they clearly, apparently, they live in an area which has an annual showing of Hedrick Honestly, and the Andrews. I mean, wouldn't we all I really like, love that? Especially oh, in a really rural area, like they've got to wait for a bus to travel that. in to to get the train to go that. to Hedwig, but it does happen every year. I mean, I would love that. Episode six, which is the the episode after that, yeah. which is a continuation <laughs> of Eric's story. So Eric tries to kind of normalise himself after the attack um, and to avoid being bullied further at school. And he has a lot of built up anger, which is, I mean, his st- I think his storyline just stole it. Yeah, I mean, I think what was interesting is that you sort of, you did see the aftermath of it in the way that actually perhaps you might, you know, regress into yourself and think about like, oh, I'm the problem, so I need to do something about myself. And and you really see him grappling with it in a way that sort of, like there's the scene where he comes down, I think, for breakfast and his entire family there and he's just wearing like very plain clothes. And they're all stunned. And they're like... Oh, Eric, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And it's just, you really see him grappling with the fallout of this. You can feel that anger. Yeah, this really horrible thing that happened to him. Yeah, um, and for me, just episode seven as well, which is the penultimate episode with the prom. Mm -hmm. I wasn't that bothered about Maeve's brother's storyline. Again, I think that was quite like, you know, stereotypical. Like, my older brother's a rebel when he likes to sell drugs and a bit. Wasn't so fussed, but Eric going to the dance in drag, Eric and Otis's friendship in that episode, I thought was really. It's really lovely. Yeah. to see that sort of come full circle a little bit and and sort of see Eric find his feet again a little bit and sort of, you know, see that he's obviously still dealing with yes. the fallout of that, but he sort of almost reclaims this event so courageous, for himself. Like, yeah. Crazy courageous. He sees that guy in the car, doesn't he? Like yeah. the guy stops and asks him for directions and it's a real turning point for him because he's like this older guy, this older black man in his car who dresses similarly to me and is, you know, he's living his life. He can see life a, in the future. He yeah. can see life beyond him in that immediate moment in high school. He can yeah. see that actually there is a place for him to be who he wants to be yeah and it's just that's really lovely but I mean I don't think there was a I don't think there was really a weak episode in the season I think the first episode as I say where it's sort of setting everything up I was a bit like but actually, I think it worked really well. Um, were there things in particular that you didn't like? So obviously we've talked quite, quite heavily about the standout moments, um, standout characters, things that we did really enjoy. But was there anything in particular that you that didn't sit right with you or yeah. that you thought was not as good? I guess, I, I mean, for me, as I've already highlighted, Maeve's character was probably one of the bits that didn't work quite so well for me. And also Otis's handling of his relationship with Ola yeah. was a bit when he kind of at the prom where he kind of tells her that you know she's kind of a, a house cat or whatever and Maeve <laughs> is a lion and um I think there are a few I, it's a little bit awkward I think some people have flagged up in terms of sort of conversations around ethnicity it's a little bit problematic yeah. but and it just it did feel really it was just a really unfair like yeah it, I think it for me it felt like a very realistic portrayal of the way that a teenage boy would absolutely fuck up yeah, trying to explain yeah. himself but I, I think there was something that it, that was something that for me I was a bit like uh, it's okay. a little bit off I yeah. think um was there anything for you in particular that you um, weren't sure about? I didn't like at all the arc with Maeve's brother Sean coming back it just um, he was it insufferable. did nothing. He's insufferable, isn't no, he? And, and it I, did nothing. It was like, yeah, I get that she probably hasn't got a problematic older brother. Who... Yeah, it felt a little bit like having someone come in and sort of ruin the things that were sort of starting to go well for her. It just felt a bit rubbish. Yeah. Um, I would love... I mean, the thing is, the things I didn't like are more just things I would like to see have developed more widely. Yeah. And I assume in a second season they will do so. So, for example, um, I'd love to see more about Eric's home life and his relationship with his parents. Yeah, that was really, really interesting. I do wish the first season had expanded more on Adam a little bit more especially after his dalliance with Eric especially the relationship that he has with his father um, that came quite late in the day didn't yeah, it the development it felt, with Eric it felt a little bit rushed I mean I do think that it would have been really nice in the episode where Eric is attacked on his way home and then the episode that came after it so episode 6 it would have been nice to sort of have a little bit more of a perspective check of from Otis sorry yeah. of the fact that like he couldn't really get his head round why yeah, Eric he compl- I mean, that's round. completely glossed over isn't it yeah. like Otis seems to be really like Otis's anger about the situation see and Otis's perspective is that like I'm really sorry I said those mean things to you when we were arguing but it's like he doesn't really apologize for the fact that he like 
completely fucked his friend over that day and left him in a really dangerous situation. Yeah, there's a complete like privilege imbalance there that there I, is. I think could have been addressed really easily, but they've just sort of, they didn't. And that yeah, was a and he didn't acknowledge the fact that actually by about, like, he left his friend in danger yeah. and that was kind of his fault. Yeah. Whereas he was really fixated, like, I'm sorry I was mean when we argued. And yeah. like, and it was more like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry it was your birthday and I did it. But it was like, the, this really big thing happened to his friend and he doesn't, you know, he doesn't actually acknowledge on screen that this really horrific it's a lack of awareness yeah I think, is a like it strange. doesn't it's not really acknowledged by many other people apart from eric's family that this awful thing has happened so part of me was like does otis actually know what ha- like yeah i think it, i think even cover it Probably, i think i'm not sure i think perhaps he doesn't know the full story does it because i don't think eric outwardly tells him what happened to him on the way home um, he doesn't so, even flag up like what the fuck like yeah. he says like what happened to your face but then it goes into like oh we're arguing about the birthday but it's like so maybe it's something that will come up in season yeah, two that I would be so because I also felt I mean we I watched it a lot of well I watched all of this with Wes and Wes was someone who um, had he watched the trailer and he said you can watch that without me I'm not going to watch that no interest and he turned out to love it but that was one of the story arcs that he also flagged and was like Christ, Otis hasn't even like acknowledged or mentioned this horrific thing mm. that's really happened. So I don't know whether that was just like an over supposed like a deliberate oversight or whether I don't know. It just yeah, I couldn't weird. I couldn't fathom that out at all either. Um, so I think one of the things we've kind of mentioned throughout um, this sort of discussion is definitely how it kind of addresses sex, teenage sex, discussions around sex and queer relationships in a kind of way that sort of just feels quite different and refreshing yeah. to other things that have come in the past. I mean, for me, I really liked how the discussions of sex were just really normalised. Yes. Like, yeah. these are all things that young people talk about and do actively sort of discuss with their friends and have mm. questions about. And it was just, there's no shame. It just... No, it's, it's dealt with in a very grounded, sort of realistic, mature way way mm. this idea of what the the show tackles without kind of any shame or restraint um kind of for me ties back to this idea of the american versus british because i do wonder yeah. whether they would have been able to make this show at all in america no i don't um, the reactions from a lot of the american audiences have been very like oh my god i've never seen a show to do this before and I mean, in lots of ways, as you say, it's like a development from skin, mm-hmm. Skins and it seems more natural and sophisticated in this show. But like some of these topics and the way some of these topics are blatantly sort of talked about for us, I feel like has been done before a little bit in a lot of British shows yeah. like Skins. Not that I enjoy the in-betweeners, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, Those yeah, shows yeah. have acknowledged it a lot more openly and I don't know if there's a, many American shows have. No, I can't tell if that's to do with like the little bit more of conservatism within yeah. American culture in, in a way that, because I'm not saying that British people are out and out open with these discussions, but I do think it's perhaps something that tends to crop up a little bit more in shows that are produced here than perhaps does it in an over way within the states like yeah. a lot of those teen dramas US based ones are quite sex heavy in yeah. that, like I think of something like Gossip Girl where yeah. everyone's like relentlessly having sex with everyone all the time but it's like they don't have discussions about it it's no, just that and this show discusses a lot more than just the act of sex yeah. it's like everything that goes around sex and all of the different uh, all of the different spectrums of sex mm. and attitudes and approaches and I was trying to think of shows that compare to this show as in like you know you've enjoyed this what else might you enjoy and so many of them that I could think of were British yeah. so have like Skins The Inbetweeners Misfits Fresh Meat Sugar Rush Hollyoaks they're all British yeah. and you've got The End of the Fucking World recently and the only ones I could really think of that were American like Everything Sucks that came out recently oh, was yeah. a bit more but on the slightly younger end of the spectrum maybe like Big Mouth as a cartoon maybe a bit of Freaks and Geeks but yeah. not most of them like yeah my mad fat diary all of those sorts of things are really the british shows there's I a frankness i think that is seems more um atypical and tends to crop up more in british yeah. shows than it than they do in i think um, it's really interesting it is really interesting that difference um yeah definitely i mean something else i picked up on as well and we've mentioned that how it seems like very of the moment when it comes to sort of this progressive age of, mm. of sexual discussion i did like the way that it mentions how sort of modern technology would impact a young person's yes. life in that sense yes. so you've got the kind of the sending of nude sort of pictures yeah. and um, the approach of sort of like genitalia yeah. like generally and spe- specifically female genitalia yeah. with the high like my vagina scene that was really good i like adam's that. problem with being too well endowed yeah. and also not being able to get like 
an erection and all these sorts of things are kind of the leaked photos they're all very a very off the time and also again topics that we might not necessarily like discuss openly on tv yeah completely because it's not something that i think that that's obviously quite a sea change for young people Mm -hmm. now there is sort of like more of a prevalence of like online bullying the the prospect of like someone sending a mass text to everyone people recording videos of people doing things when perhaps they're drunk or high or something like that just in a way that that those are things that directly would impact a young person's life now in a way that perhaps you know 10 15 years ago just wouldn't Wouldn't have really been as much of an issue so i thought that was the way it did represent that was really interesting yeah i felt very very similarly about the topic of masturbation like so mentioned before otis's actual aversion to it which is something usually kid like young people on tv are stereotyped as being like obsessive masturbators yeah whereas he is the opposite yeah um and there are obviously some psychological reasons behind that and it explores that but i thought that was interesting and the fact that amy also has like a similar repulsion to begin with and she's really averse to the idea of that sex should be about female pleasure at all um and they these do feel very much like real topics that people yeah i think so um i read that laurie nunn when she came to the series had asked her theme the the writers who are predominantly female what information they wish they'd had when they were at school and i think that really shows in terms of things like ruby's leaked photos obviously very you know really important discussion around the use of films and camera phones and things but also you know women being concerned that like their the way they appear isn't the way that everyone else yeah, appears yeah, or that yeah, they're ugly down there yeah. or things like that and that felt very much like yeah you can tell that like a bunch of women sat down and said okay what are the actual issues that I was worried about as a young person you can really tell that those are kind of coming through oh a couple of other things I guess the abortion aspect the fact that by the time we're kind of you know reach middle age like a a certain number of people in our you know that we'll know in our circles will have had abortions but it's still quite a taboo subject it's a really taboo subject isn't it and I do think it's really interesting to see it um, represented on screen also from a British perspective as well because I was thinking about the way that like abortion crops up often Mm. in US based shows and also the process in the States is slightly different because of the way that the healthcare system is there and yeah. i know that in the u.s obviously there's the financial implication about yeah. having an abortion so in in terms of being like a narrative prop point yeah. it's often like oh i'm pregnant it's an accidental pregnancy i want to perhaps rectify yeah. this yeah. situation but there's a financial there's a financial cost attached mm. to it yeah. so yeah. then that impacts upon my life yeah. and what yeah. am i going to do and obviously we're very fortunate in the uk that with the national health service that it's not those issues aren't necessarily as, as tangible so it's yeah. interesting to sort of see it from a kind of a uk perspective because i can't think of anything recently where i've seen it in in such a kind of blow no. by blow like no. you know as a real plot point yeah yeah spends a lot of time on Mm. it and you see like the clinical process of um Maeve you know going to the clinic the conversations she has with the nurses where they're asking her specific questions and you wouldn't usually it might be usually that you see them go through the double doors and then you see them when they come out again I've never had any real idea about what actually happens Mm. at a clinic so I feel like that's really informative even things like the role play aspect with this girl Lily who's really into alien erotica like you know funny but also probably an actual thing like there are lots of people out there who do have these interests and quirks and it is something funny but it's also something that like the show allows her to actually develop and she sort of finds a friend who might actually be interested in doing the same things as her and I just thought that was really nice as well and it wasn't just used as a plot point that's like haha look at this weirdo who loves yeah I I thought it was interesting the way that it kind of does present things like you know particular kinks that you might have in just like a really normalized way because it is it's one of the things the show does do so well is that it it has this kind of normalising vibe and then yeah. it's like, these are some things that different people might experience, but it's okay yeah. and it should be okay yeah. and, and any shame or anxiety you could have around it, it's fine because there are probably a lot of other people that are experiencing those feelings. Mm. So it's fine and I think yeah. that like just by representing it on screen as kind of, you know, that's the thing that she has, but that's fine. This is a person thing that someone else mm. is into, mm. that's fine. It's just, mm. I don't know, that feels really important. Yeah. Um, the other thing I just wanted to pick up on as well um, is just the presence of queer relationships and queer characters absolutely again just rightfully accepted as the norm and and also an inevitable part of a young person's life in a way that just perhaps does differ to our own experience
experiences at school yeah. and college and you know and I was talking to someone the other day about the fact that you know like when I was in high school I can't and you know I'm 30 so this yeah. is like 15 years yeah. ago but you know I'm sure there were quite a lot of people that I yeah. was in high school that were kind of grappling with sort of different types of feelings mm. but I now know working with young people especially mm. that, it, that there's such a sea change and yeah. it's sort of like Absolutely. people could be more outspoken and yeah. confident about being themselves in that yeah. environment in a way that's just starkly contrast to the way that I know people experience thing when I was things yes. when I was at high school yeah. and I, it's really nice to see that represented on screen yeah from a kind of of a young person's experience and also you know Jackson's parents for example yeah he's got two mums yeah and that's just the thing I loved about that was just like oh yeah that's Jackson's parents that wasn't like a pl- it didn't it wasn't become a plot a, point no. which I think is interesting and it could have been really easy for like Maeve to go home with him for that dinner and be like and oh be like, you've got two mums oh you've got two mums and it's just not and that's the story yeah, yeah. And, and similarly some of the some of the students that go to Otis to talk about problems um, the same sex that the students who are in same sex relationships the plot point isn't the fact that they need to come out to someone no. or the fact that they are like gay it you know it's their problem is you know some it'll like they've reached that point they've made peace with that point it's something else that's going on yeah. in their relationship that like anyone else would have to say do you know what i mean like yeah and i think there always seems like people you know very rightly complain that actually when they lgbtq characters are featured in tv shows and films often the plot point is they're coming out or the yeah. fact that they're grappling with having certain feelings and that wasn't the plot point for a lot of this like as you say the plot point for jackson's parents isn't the fact that he has two mums that's like an established yeah. it's the fact that he's got a parent that is pushing him to be a professional and to achieve really highly and yeah. that's the issue yeah and that could be in any parental relationship and it doesn't matter completely. It, it's, just, it's completely normalized and that isn't necessarily the big topic that needs to be discussed yeah definitely and i think that just going back to the otis and his sort of doing the sex therapy for for various people mm. in the school as well it's, it's just the way that he like he doesn't react in any particularly like aggressively like oh god oh my god blah blah, blah way yeah. To, to particular people yeah. um, it's just sort of like oh yeah cool that's fine we'll, we'll have a talk about it and yeah. we'll see what we can do that, I just thought that was really interesting yeah none of it yeah none of it came across as particularly um, don't, I don't mean scandalous but like ooh this is you know big and I interesting think, and I think it's because so often those particular issues or things tend to come up as a plot point yeah. that is meant to sort of like subvert the way that the story is being told and it's yeah. just not and it's I thought not. that was really refreshing and one of the other things as well just going back to Otis is I did think that it was sort of one of the shows that I've watched recently where I've kind of gone like oh it's really nice to feature someone that isn't overtly or automatically sexual like yeah he's coming to terms with his own mm. sort of how you know how he's now experiencing feelings for girls yeah. and also thinking about you know talking about the the issue of him not being able to masturbate like yeah. he's coming to terms with sort of his own sexuality yeah um he's not immediately lack very knowledgeable no it's he's his lack not of like experience. hi I'm a pro I'm here to teach everyone else and he talks about how sex is a spectrum and not like everyone's talking about sex but not everyone is actually doing sex at their age to Lily he says like you don't need to actually be worried about sex right now because the majority of people we know aren't actually having sex it's just it seems like everyone is yeah it's his reluctance and his sort of issues around being sexual they're not presented as being something that sets him apart from everyone else like they're an issue for him but also there are other people that are experiencing a a spectrum of issues to do with sexuality or or sexual acts or things like that and it's not setting him apart from everyone as being like oh he's this lone virgin I think that's the thing that felt different to me is that he's not like posited as like the only person in the high school that's like not actively having sex that is the main storyline the stigma of being a virgin at high school or whatever which is like not neither here nor there really for a lot of this it's not really I guess Lily is someone who's like she's really keen on having sex and wants to get it out all the way but apart from that as you say like that's not the major no the major plot point for Otis Um, another thing talking about sexuality that I really liked was uh eric's relationship with his parents mm-hmm. and the fact that you know we're we're sort of made to assume that they're maybe a conservative family in some ways and that perhaps his dad has a, a problem with um the fact that you know eric is gay or eric d- dresses in a certain way but actually you find as the season goes on that his dad's silence and the way his dad looks at him might not be because he really disapproves it's because he's concerned That's and he's worried thought. about you know eric getting hurt or it is 
not that he wants to stop him from being the way that he is. He's grappling with the idea of like, I want my son to be able to do what he wants, but I'm also just really, you know, I'm really worried for him. And, you know, this is quite a new country for us. And I had to behave a certain way when I was younger and I just want him to be okay. I really liked that conversation between um, Eric and his dad when his dad drops him off at the prom and and they have this conversation about, you know, when Eric's dad first came to to this country mm. and and you know how he sort of the reasons he came here and and the and the concerns that he had and the things that he had to do to fit in yeah. and obviously for him he's got a lot of the similar sort of worries mm. for his children yeah. growing up in an environment that he didn't grow up yeah. in that he came to yeah. as an outsider and I think that you're right I think that that just it comes off as like general parental concern, concern. about the well-being of yeah. your children and how you want them to be okay mm. rather than oh, you're gay, I don't like that, which I think would have been so easy and extremely lazy for the writers to do. And I was quite relieved, actually, that it's... And it kind of, again, the stereotype is sort of set up at the beginning because his dad largely doesn't say anything and it's done with a look. You're like, okay, his dad's going to be like, you you know... His dad disapproves because he doesn't, you know, approve of that lifestyle. But actually, that isn't really the case. His dad doesn't care. His dad is just... Just worried, worried and just wants him. to make sure he's okay yeah. and wants him to be able to be himself but also be safe in an environment that he doesn't you know quite understand so yeah I really liked that relationship and I'd like to see that develop further in season two yeah so I really hope that um some of these things that we've discussed get developed in season yeah, two too. and I'm really intrigued to see where the show goes as a whole I do worry a little bit about it running out of steam with yeah, regards to Otis's sex therapy yeah side of stuff. that's I think I think there isn't I think they've introduced enough other storylines for it to be able to sustain itself for another season yeah. but if it yeah, if it was just the sex therapy storyline, I think we'd be we'd be having problems. But hopefully there's enough other threads in there to pull out that they can do this for another season. And I, I do look forward to viewing it because I think it was a really good a really good show and a nice surprise for the beginning of January. Yeah, definitely. I'm hooked and I'm I'm really sort of intrigued to see where it will go in the future. Um so obsession of the week, what is yours? Oh, well, it's it's been a busy week. Um mainly I have to say, and because we've had a, a, a two day hiatus on this episode, Harry Styles has now turned twenty five. He has. So I you know, that's sort of an obsession of the week for me. Like Harold, haven't had a chance to think of him. Well not think about him, I'm always thinking about him, but uh you know, he hasn't been in the limelight light so strongly for a while and they released a rather nice photo that of photo him, that photo of him yesterday that i still believe is it's real manipulated but it's it real. just doesn't look real but okay i think they're all trolling us april don't I think. care take that content i know it's it's some good it's some blinding content though it is very good what is your obsession of the week um so the new season of um unbreakable kimmy schmidt oh my god yes this is something of importance dropped uh last week yep. and it's the final half of the fourth season so they did i think six or eight episodes last year and now they're doing the final half of it this year and i, I have only watched the first episode thus so far. we watched uh we watched two last night mm-hmm. um mainly because of a very important appearance um so it, john bernthal john bernthal was a lot isn't he? it's a lot he's in the first episode and it's a lot and he's, he's not someone of whom i really in consume much tv media or anything he's in walking dead didn't watch it he's in the punisher he's pretty hot but he wasn't in it for long didn't watch it he's in he's been in a couple <coughs> of films i've really enjoyed he was in baby, was he driver, baby driver yet recently <sighs> but um, he's in the first episode of Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and I watched most of it with my hands over my face just beside myself because he's just a lot. Him and Titus as well. I'm just like... God damn. I, I just make that a real thing. I just... John Bernthal. He is just a hot water bottle on a very cold winter <laughs> January night. What an analogy. So handsome. Mine was just going to be that he definitely fucks. So. Oh, he definitely fucks. Well, that was my other obsession of the week was who fucks, but we're not going to explain that and we'll just see if anyone picks up on the threads of John Bernthal. Whomst is fucking every John, time we... Uh... John Bernthal whomst fucks. He certainly does. So that's us done. You can find us online. We're Twitter at the thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash the thirst pod. You can search and review us on Apple Podcasts by searching the thirst. Instagram, we're at the thirst pod. The thirstpod.wordpress.com, facebook.com forward slash the thirst pod. And you can email us the thirst pod at gmail.com. Bye. I've just closed my laptop. Goodbye. Goodbye.